Hey there, film fans. Before we start the show this week, we just wanted to acknowledge that this has indeed been one of the most tragic weeks in U.S. history. On the back of the COVID-19 crisis, in which we've lost over 100,000 Americans, we now find ourselves staring at the truth, that a single life does matter. We disagree about many things on this show. The one thing we all agree on is that Black lives matter. There will be no peace until there is justice. Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies new and old with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, and to avoid any lazy negativity, we are making this a drinking game. Wait, a what? A what? That's right. I started before we recorded. This is a drinking game. That's right, friends at home. We are having fun. We're going to be talking about some really, really, really good movies, but... Just as a reminder, we always try to talk with a positive critical eye so that we don't sound like jaded, jaded wannabe cinephiles. So anytime you hear this sound, we said something negative and we therefore have to drink for it. And that goes for you at home. Play along. Grab a beer. Let's get to it. So pour yourself a glass, join us and give it up for some films we love, obviously a lot. Yeah. And you're in for a treat tonight as Woo! we watch John's head explode trying to decide between Lord of the Rings and Mission Impossible. Oh, I'm so <laughs> frustrated. I'm so scared. I'm actually scared. I don't know about you guys. I'm, but... I'm expecting you to go full scanners. Oh. All right, my friends. So <laughs> just, to, just, to, nice, just, just to catch us up really quick, everybody, we have spent the majority of the coronavirus quarantine which apparently is over even though it's not it's we not. have spent it's, it's, a it's lot over-ish. of time we decided that we would watch i believe about 17 film trilogies or franchises in deciding which we felt was the greatest film trilogy or franchise of all time yes al's uncle of all time of all time, specifically in the English language canon. We watched so, 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 so many. We have listened to the films that you were furious that we snubbed. We even rewatched some of them. We've talked about them. We have brackets. We're going to get more about this soon. But last, but before I, damn it, I'm so excited. This is the finale. We have narrowed it down via head to head combat to four. Films. We Trader Joe's loggers are six point five percent. Trader Joe's loggers, honestly, yeah. guys, you can't uh, see him, but he's okay. feeling my friends. Yeah. You can see it. Six point five percent. My That's friends, cute. my friends, we have narrowed it down to the final four films franchises that we decided are the best. We decided that before we decide which out of the four is the singular best, John's going to go ahead and give us some shoutouts. I've got some fucking shoutouts. As always, I dream every night of this man's beer. His name is Carlos Barroza. He is our beer sponsor. Looking forward to those beers. Give him a follow. Uh, his handle is cbarrosobar2019. That's on Instagram. cbarrosobar2019. C-B-A-R-R-O-Z-O-B-A-R-2019. And as always, the music you hear on this podcast is provided by the artist Dasein. 
That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. You can find them on soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist. There's a new track on there. All of his <laughs> free downloads available. Get on there. Listen to this music. Let's fucking talk about movies. I am so nervous about this. I actually have anxiety. I feel like every other week I either had a desire to fuck with both of you based on what I was going to pick <laughs> or to be affected by both of you or to just try to enjoy myself. I oh, you desire really to be affected by both of us? That's, that's interesting. This, this week we fucked nervous. back. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get double tuned by both this, of these I mean, guys. I have a this, this, this whole process reminds me of a, a, an exercise I went through when I was going through college. It was, uh, they were teaching Uh-oh. how to design and you had to pick your perfect room and you could have 10 things in your perfect room. And then they're like, okay, cool. You pick those 10 things. Now take five of them away. Ooh. now take now take two of them away Ooh. now take two more away you were left with like the one thing and that's what that's how painful this exercise has been so far oh, oh my god. god that's like the navy seals killing a puppy thing also there will be parental advisory <laughs> on this thing. God, damn, <laughs> this yeah, will be <laughs> there will be a per- from? <laughs> there will be yeah. a parental advisory on this episode that is right there will be explicit content i'm sure as we have to narrow it down it's gonna get it's gonna get tense. Occasionally people might say fuck. <gasps> Just there you go. Though. I gave you the warning. Um if you wanna see the brackets, you can go ahead on Instagram. You can check them out in the in the uh the notes wherever you're listening to this. Spotify, Apple Pods, find us on Podbean, it does not matter. Um yeah, we're going to do a very interesting special between our semifinals and our finals. And that today I'm I'm very excited about this. We are going to give a shout out to all of the film franchises that we have watched and then a few of the snubs that our audience begged us to talk about. We're going to go ahead and give a shout out to all of them. So anybody out there that is questioning whether or not we actually spent the time to watch (laughs) all three Austin Powers movies, all three Dark Knight movies, as many of the eight Fast and the Furious movies we could watch. No, we've seen them all as many as we could rewatch in a week. Etc. 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 We are going to have a very fun segment to give a shout out to all of them, but we have to get into our semi-finals. Dave, are you ready to introduce our two head-to-head semi-final bouts? I'm not. I can't do it. I can't. Okay. I can't. I can't lead us into this. Oh no! I can't. Oh no! This, this, this is good. which, like, John, you do it. Oh my god, you guys. All right. So we only have four seeds right now, obviously. Semifinals. So first up, the first one we're gonna be talking about. I can't it just hurts my heart to say. I it. only did this because I want to see him cry. Okay. It is our one seed, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Versus Tom Cruise and the Mission Impossible franchise. That is the yeah, four seed. That is one in four. Yep. Right. After that, we're going to be That's, doing... He, he said Tom Cruise because it's the only person he actually knows is in it. <laughs> That's it. I think one of their names is Benji. Yeah. And, 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 fuck you, Dave. And, and the, results <laughs> of this, the results of this head-to-head matchup have nothing to do with the amount of money the Church of Scientology paid us to put Mission Impossible in our semifinals. Yeah, yeah, that has nothing to do with it. And then the second one we'll be talking about after that is the two and three seed. That is the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, versus Harry Potter. Harry yeah. motherfucking Potter. That's going to be well, intense. These are two really these, intense. Both these are going to hurt. I'm not excited about it. What would we need to say to get David Miscavige to listen to our podcast that is the head of the Church of Scientology International? I wonder what we would have to say 
to get him to listen to our podcast. John, which one are we going to start with today? Which, I, which I mean, battle? I mean, will email and do it. <laughs> <laughs> where is his Whatever wife, by the way? <laughs> Hashtag, where is David Mr. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jack, okay. Jack, you don't digress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I saw it going clear. Yeah. We just this need is to not whisper. the presidential podium. We just need to whisper mm-hmm. on air whatever they Shout take out them to into the room and show them. That's right. They, like fucking drag them into a room and show them like Zenu a Zenu is waiting for all of us. I cannot wait. Okay, John, <laughs> which one are we starting with? We're starting with Lord of the Rings versus Mission Impossible, and I'm so oh, I want seeds. Who? Stomach hurts, you guys. I can't do it. I'm so nervous. Oh, God damn it. Dave, that exercise you said and you did in college, that's all I've been thinking uh, yeah. about all week. Like, it's, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's visibly stop. turning stop. red. Stop. He's visibly turning red. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, I will, I will admit before we move forward, I'm really not 100% sure what my decision is going to be. <laughs> I'm going to admit on air that I know that Lord of the Rings is not it really isn't like the franchise in the sense of a franchise that we have been talking about with the other ones where there are multiple True. movies over multiple years that are not a part of True. one single story. Like a lot of these franchises hours, are wonderful character arcs. It is ten, <laughs> it could be six movies, but it is technically one story as opposed to in another, you know, another installment. Some tried to be one story. story. Hashtag Star Wars. Some tried and failed. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, real fast, let's talk about this because I wanted to ask you guys: Did ever did you guys watch the space launch? Did you see the launch yesterday? I SpaceX? didn't see it live. I saw a clip. Jeff, you don't I even know what we're talking clip. about. You ignorant piece of shit. They launched yesterday. Tom Cruise has announced. I don't know if you guys know this. He wants to film this. part he's, of he's the next Mission Impossible on the ISS. He wants to film some of the next Mission Impossible on the International Space Station. Of course he does, because what yeah. else does he have I left? Mean, let's see if that let's see if that pans out. Because Colin Trevorrow, when he was uh, going to direct the, the last Star Wars film, was going to film some of it in space, and I'm pretty sure he didn't tell anyone before he announced that. And the insurance companies and the producers went, "Oh, what the fuck?" on the phone. Like, so I we'll see what happens. Yeah, didn't I mean, Chris he Nolan try doing that? Scientology on his side. Yeah. Didn't Chris Nolan try doing Chris that? He tried to go so high up in space that you lost some gravity, or it doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, let's talk about these movies, all right? All right? Let's talk about these franchises. We've got Lord of the Rings. We've got Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible has six films. Yes, they are making more. Lord of the Rings made three. We are considering the Hobbit trilogy to be a spinoff. Maybe that is an unfair advantage that we are giving Lord of the Rings that other franchises don't get from us. But <laughs> we have to. We have to pick one. We have to pick one. So the Lord of the Rings trilogy was filmed pretty much sequentially with actual principal photography filming between 18 months and two years. I'm not really sure, but with with reshoots and pre-production, we're talking about like four years. And also with pitching and all this kind of stuff between Peter Jackson and his wife and writing partner, Fran Walsh. I mean, we're talking about a decade's worth of work that went into these three films. So as far as the amount of work and effort and creating new uh, technologies to make this happen. It, it has the franchise feel. Maybe Amazon taking over it and creating its own series based on Lord of the Rings. Maybe the Hobbit series make it feel a little bit different than the rest of the trilogies. It does. It is an outlier for sure. But the one thing that we cannot argue is that the quality of these films, the quality of watching from the first shot of one with the Kate Blanchett voiceover 
and the backstory of how the rings came to be and what the fuck is a ring. When I first saw this trailer when I was like 10, I was like, what the fuck is a ring and why is there why are there lords of them? It doesn't make any sense. Through the final frame in Return of the King when they travel into the West, that journey, I like to call it the hero's journey, which has nothing to do with mushrooms. Jeff just liked, coined that right now. He likes to call it the hero's journey. That was, that's just I've said it thing. on our podcast. Okay. <laughs> Must be real. That journey... Internet. From the opening frame to the end is one of the finest adventures you could take as a film fan. Mission Impossible started in one place, ended in a completely different place, and somehow just keeps getting better and better over the course of 25 years. So, we gotta break it down. We gotta break it down. What are your thoughts and feelings? John, you're sweating. You're like fucking sweating. Your face is red. <laughs> Like the the thing appearing over his eyes right now is just error, error. It's like he does not want to communicate. I mean, you guys, this. I think you know. If it, honestly, part of me, I'm trying to be like delicate about the way I talk about it because I'm sure I'm just going to give away my intentions right now. Dave, if I were to do your college design assignment, I have said for many years now, Lord of the Rings is my desert island movie, dude. Like, if I can only take one movie with me, one piece of music, one book. I'm taking Lord of the Rings. It's that one single story. It's long enough that I feel like I can get multiple watches in. The rewatchability is huge. The craftsmanship is cutting edge. It's still cutting edge, even though it broke all the molds then. The acting is so wonderful that you don't even think about the acting. And all of the performances are great. Uh, and at the crux of it, the very core of this entire thing is one of the greatest fictional stories ever told. I, I'm... I don't know. I mean, I as much as I love Mission Impossible, I clearly am a huge fan of it. I've been fighting for them the whole time. We keep coming back over and over and over again. Why the fuck do we like this one more than this one? What holds up? I cannot get over how I feel at the end of watching Lord of the Rings every single time. Every step of the way is just as powerful as any of these other amazing movies we've been watching in terms of compelling filmmaking. But it's the way it feels when it's done. It's the way you feel at the end of it that makes you either want to, I can't wait to watch it again, or maybe you love it so much that you want to put some time before you watch it again so that you can like kind of forget a little bit so that you can really relieve that journey. I don't have that same feeling with the Mission Impossibles as much as I love them. You don't? I, I, there's, a, there's a different kind of arc. It's a different kind of thing. So in terms of emotional impact, that is the only thing that I'm really banking on here because I think they're both excellently made, super compelling. I can watch them over and over and over and over again. I am more emotionally affected, philosophically affected, storytelling affected by Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to have to go with it. And it hurts my heart. I'm sure nobody's really surprised who's been listening to this whole thing. That has been my number one seed this whole fucking time. Hobbits all day, bitch. What you got? Dave? <laughs> I mean, I was pretty hard on uh, the Mission Impossibles last week, uh, and that was in context, but putting them up against Lord of the Rings is uh, its a very interesting matchup because, I mean, Lord of the Rings, from the get-go, like Jeff said, consistent all the way through. It finishes on, like, when, it, when they cut that movie and I had to wait a year or two years, I can't remember how long it was, I blocked it out, to see the next one, I I was sitting in that theater and I was like, "You bastards!" It was every yeah. year, once like, a year. Yeah, and it and it like 
it was painful and I wanted it to come back and I wanted more of it. And then when we finally got to the end of that and I bought them and I now bought the extended editions and it was like, there was more and it was great. And I watched them and watched them and watched them and watched them and watched them. And it's, it is, it's flawless from beginning to end. There's, I mean, there's a couple of like, you know, if you really, really want to pick it apart, you can like, as far as like effect shots and stuff like that, but they were pioneering stuff as they went. They like, they invented the crowd uh, algorithm for yes. Like Palm's Deep, right? Was it specifically Palm's Deep? Uh, it was. Uh, it was for all of them, like for every yeah. single crowd scene that they had. Like they they brought in the army, but then a lot of that was digitally supplemented as well. But like they invented that entire plugin, which has now been yep. like redeveloped and re-engineered, and that's sort of, like they were inventing technologies. Technology performance capture. Yeah. Crazy. Mission Impossible for me, on the other hand, was kind of like Fred Flintstone starting his car. It's like the first couple of steps got traction and then there was nothing for about five seconds. And then, yeah, then we, okay, we're good. We're good. We're off. We're so then nothing for five seconds was yeah. two, right? The, the, the couple he, of steps was yeah. one. It was really great, but it didn't actually go anywhere. Yeah, two two for me was a, a swing and a miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, JJ got involved. Yeah. He turned into a summer popcorn flick, but he was like, I need Philip Seymour Hoffman to give us some depth. And then we're back and running. Dude, three for me was night and day from, from yeah. where two, and it just went up from there. But And... It's great because they are fantastic movies, but like I didn't even see the latest one in in the theater. I I waited till it came out in streaming, and I waited till we were doing this to see it. I just I was just like, yeah, okay, cool. And they're here, they're there, they're whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so in respect to that, like I will, I'm I'm sure I'll rewatch most of them. Probably not that second one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know, but uh, yeah, for me also as well, it's it's got to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's just got to. I mean, there's a there's a. Uh, I may have already referenced this when we were in the first episode when we were talking about these, but there is a an essay that Tolkien wrote on fantasy and secondary worlds, and I, I can't remember if he either published it or if it was in a letter he sent to C.S. Lewis because they were always going back and forth about the what this whole thing they were creating, this new genre they were co-creating, fantasy. And I, I think there is something that I'm – it's not just because it's one cohesive story that came from one novel that they broke into three awesome, really, really long movies. I think there is Hobbit also was, something to be said about first? the – what's up? Hobbit was first, right? Hobbit was first. Lord of the Rings is its own novel yeah. that he wrote as one, yeah. and then they forced him to well, release already, three parts. He had already hinted at the fantasy element he was writing. There might be there might be something inherent <laughs> if we stick with Tolkien's argument, there might be something inherent about what are we looking for when we come into these franchises? A little bit of escapism. We want to disappear into a world of storytelling that's gonna take hours, hours and hours. So sometimes that's days and nights, depending on if it's how long it is. And I think there is something inherent in fantasy that invites an audience member into that kind of mindset a little bit easier than I do when I'm watching the Mission Impossibles, which are tons and tons and tons of fun. But I know I am on planet Earth and there is a movie star going to town with stunts and shit on on the screen. I'm still having tons of fun, but I don't feel like I have been transported in the same way you do when you hear Kate Blanchett's voice in the at the you know, in the prologue at the beginning of the first one. It's just immediate. But, hmm. And you're right, wanna... Dave, at the end of every one of those viewings, I was 
I was so taken at the at the end of all of those times in the theater. I don't think I had ever been affected by anything that way before. I mean, you so you sort of still are. I don't know what like when I watch it on digital, when it gets to the end, I'm like, no oh, fuck, get the next one. Mm-hmm. Like it still mm-hmm. happens. Next, next, yeah. You don't yeah. want this. You don't want the story to stop. Yes, I wanna, and I the only way, and, and it happens at yeah. the end of the third one too. You just start it over again because you just want to be there and to yeah. go and oh, live no. in that place. Yeah, I the more you see Messiah it, the right more now. you're like, you more like honestly, I want a Galadriel spinoff. I want a Boromir Faramir spinoff. I want a history of the race of man. I want to know more about the Dunedain. I want more Hobbit talk. Believe it or not, even though they have their own book, I I. I definitely want to know more about the Elpish culture and how they split, right? Aren't they split? Kate Blanchett lives in the Not woods. Really. I want to know more, goddammit. It's a whole conversation. Yeah, yeah there are two different yeah, yeah. So, um more about Saruman, Jeff, more about just, the Ten Kings. I I it is true. Although for Mission Impossible, you know what I'm really interested in? I hope the next nice. movie is about deep fakes. Because I love that Mission Impossible has I, no other franchise could really get um, identity manipulation the same. I mean, how many times? Certainly Bond. I, I, I said this in the last, when we talked about Mission Impossible. The crossover between Bond and Mission Impossible is, um, it, it's obviously very noticeable when you watch it back and forth. They both primarily deal in international espionage. They deal with the idea of um, you, if, if you're caught or you're dead, you aren't actually working for us, we're going to deny your existence. Uh, obviously, the womanizing we talked yeah. about a little bit until they sort of gave up on so that with Tom it's Cruise. Assen- it's essentially the British office and the American office. That's what that was their pitch, actually. Yeah, yeah. That was their pitch. <laughs> that was exactly their pitch. Um, yeah. So, but the one, but they did this really interesting, cool thing where you, they basically were like, "Your eyes are going to deceive you," and that was another twist that Bond didn't have that I haven't seen done anywhere else, which is why I'm curious to see if they do deep fakes in the future. But, but that is a new level of of international espionage. And I love that about Mission Impossible and how it got better and better. And I love that they they owned their franchise ship and they turned the syndicate saga into a multiple movie. Um, so a lot of them were standalone. So similar to Bond, which we voted out, it was a snub. And then we had a chance to come in and we voted it back out again. So twice we voted it out. But, but with Mission Impossible, they were able to take the singular format of this was a TV show where we're just going to make one-off films. But it's not just Ethan and his team. Like, I don't know, Dave, Benji, Luther. That's it. That's all I got. Julia. <laughs> you look, and you Julia, look those his up. wife. You I did. Up. Julia, <laughs> his wife. Love Julia. Elsa. But then they started owning, especially when Chris McQuarrie started getting involved. And I know JJ turned it into a franchise film with, with three, where he was like, we can, we can keep the franchise elements, but make it a popcorn flick. But when Chris McQuarrie got in and said, here's how we do this for today's audience, I think that was actually Rogue Nation, which was five. Um, I was I would say right, three guys, is my uh, most rewatched one ever. Oh, that yeah, that is cool. Too. Fallout is gonna be mine, but also Fallout. I, I, I'm gonna want to rewatch um, Rogue Nation every time I get into Fallout, just for the setup. You know, do you ever like yeah. a song on an album so much that you listen to the song before it just to set it up? Have you ever done that before? It's like you like no. it so much that rather than re-listening to it, you, you get into it. You're strange. Getting into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to get into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so listen to all of Lightning then? Crashes by Live because I, I need the intro because even though it's slow, I want to build up. So by the time he goes, the angel opens her eyes, I'm like ready for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, are you, are you ever digging oh. a hole? And you, you, you dig another hole just to practice for digging that first hole? That's. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think I think Dave's trying to make this relevant <laughs> to my my speech here. Ultimately, no, I'm no. going. I'm going with. The Lord of the Rings. It sounds like yeah, it sounds like so. I, I guess I want to ask you guys, what does that mean? Before we get to the the next round, which might talk more to this, 
all those things that we loved so much and that are, I still stand by it, that are so impressive about Mission Impossible, how they kind of, I don't know how we want to phrase it, did they kind of rescue a franchise? Like they didn't have that intention of it being this one giant cohesive thing. Like I was saying in that first episode, he didn't plan on it being these individual installments with different directors for it to feel kind of detached. So it's almost like they did, in rescuing that franchise, they still were able to, to, to build a character and a world and a, a work family around him and a, a, uh, a consistent uh, world of the organizations that were always going against him. In spite of them being able to build that so well and to rescue it from that individual thing, it's probably the best of that kind of, of uh, franchise. And are we basically saying that even that, as good as it is, will never be able to compete with a, a single giant arc, a single giant story? Because before we get to we're it, not there the yet. next we're not round, there yet. we're going to be we, talking we about hmm. these two, two different kinds of movies that all love are uh, all kind of live under one giant thing so three out of our four i just want to point that out three out of our four in these quarter uh semi-finals mission impossible is the only one to make it this far as detached installments and i think that's I fucking it's, awesome it's not entirely detached though they've had a continuing thread even loose like like thin little threads from part three it has been loose but i still i it's yeah. super loose though, right? And like, MCU I don't know were... wanted to be. They just knew they could shave off some of the fat as they went. But they had a very finely tuned focal point going the entire... And certainly, once they were building up for Avengers yeah. 1, going until Infinity War. Like, and, let me put it this way. I don't think Tom Cruise... I don't think Tom Cruise and Kathleen Kennedy know when and how they want to end this saga. No, but they oh, have no. two they more planned, though. And I think they're doing them in conjunction, yeah. right? They're supposed to, so they might, but in their heads when they were doing these things all along, like maybe right. Ethan will die. Maybe they had something well, like think, that in their mind versus yeah. Harry Potter, Lord of yeah, the Rings, they'll, Marvel. They'll they know how these films where they, they, hand it over to, they hand it over to either Jerry, Jeremy Renner or Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no, no. I say we just say right now, Lord of the Rings is going on. Woo! I think we should take a two-minute break so I could pee, and then we are coming back for something really, really fun. <laughs> That's what you get for starting early. <laughs> not not to end the, so let, let's say our final farewells to to mission impossible which made it all the way to the semi-final round dun, dun, it did dun, 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 dun. Bye. Yeah, that theme music i love all the themes dave, i love who, all oh the God. themes dave who's yeah. your favorite mission impossible's character besides tom cruise is there one <laughs> john <laughs> oh, benji dude of course benji's awesome yeah, i like solomon lane a whole lot and luther shout out to luther Bing Rames. They've looked all these names up. Not true. Um, cool. So here's what we're going to do. When we come back, we're going to talk about our two seed. Well, we, we, we redid the seed. So we're going to talk about our new two seed MCU and our new three seed Harry Potter. I think it's going to be contentious. I do. And then that's as soon gonna, as it's over, brutal. we are going to say our shout outs in our so long segment to all of the franchises that we spent so much time on and may never see again. Listen to some Das I'm get we're, another beer. We're kidding. We're watching all of them again. Yeah. All right. See you in a second. We'll be back. We're back. Hey, we're Baby! back. Hey! Again. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. We are still in the semifinals. The Lord of the Rings are one seat as advanced. Everybody is fucking shocked. <laughs> Sorry for overloading my microphone, Dave. I forgot my good microphone in New York City. Deepest apologies. Okay. 
shocker, Lord of the Rings is sitting there waiting for some loose meat in either our original seven-seed MCU, which Dave put up to our two-seed, the Marvel Cinematic Universe 22 films we call the Avengers series, separating it from the X-Men, for instance. Okay, our two-seed MCU against our new three-seed, old six-seed, Harry Potter. Hello, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. The eight Harry Potter films. Harry. All right, Dobby. That's good. That's a pretty good, Dobby. Mm. Not Fantastic Beasts. That doesn't count. We're not calling it the magical world. We're not insane. Fantastic Beasts has no fucking business balling with the Harry Potter movies here mm. that we're talking about. Who wants to start? <laughs> we should make jazz yeah, start, start on motherfucker. that motherfucker. All right, shit. so here's the thing. So I said, so I said very quickly in our um, second round, our quarterfinals, that I believe that Harry Potter was my new two seed. I love the Harry Potter movies. We talked very extensively in our last podcast, which you should go check out, about Harry Potter, about how if you hadn't read the books, which I, I had read the books, I was sullied, if you will. I had read the books for the most part before seeing all the films. If you hadn't read the books, the timeline gets fucked up. You know what I mean? If you've seen these Harry Potter movies, you, you never know when it's February in Harry Potter, right? <laughs> you never know exactly when it's October, November. Oh, it's Christmas. You never really know. They could have had so much fun with Halloween. Let me tell you, bunch of wizards, but they didn't. And also some story gets kind of yada yada over. Actually, it's really funny. So I just uh, rewatched the end of four because Chloe had finally finished the fourth book, Goblet of Fire. And as she finishes the book, she says, oh, it's so weird when, you know, characters just explain the whole movie, a la Scooby-Doo. Barty Crouch Jr. at the end of the fourth book just explains his entire history, basically. And in the movie, they don't do that. And I'm like, well, I'm glad they don't do that because it keeps it quick. But then again, it is kind of weird that the villain of the fourth movie, Barty Crouch Jr., who's disguised as Moody the whole time, spoiler, is somebody that they sort of showed you in a pensive flashback. And so if you hadn't read the books, it's sort of like, if you're watching the whole movie saying, who's the villain, what's going on here? And then they're like, it was Barty Crouch. You're like, oh, the fuck is that? You know what I mean? So it's like, Harry Potter does have a lot of that. Now I forgive it, I love it so much. I go back to these movies a million times in a row. And my big question for the Harry Potter movies is, is the reason that I keep going back, not only the world, not only to live with Harry and Ron, but is it, is it also because I've already filled in those gaps myself and I don't even realize that they're missing because they cover them up so exquisitely. Moving over to MCU. So obviously Harry Potter, not a perfect franchise, but just one that, Jesus Christ, you want to live in forever. Over to MCU. I was really hard on MCU during our segment with it. I still voted for it to move on. But the big things that John and I talked about, especially, no offense, Dave, you did too, but the big things we talked about was consequence. They don't go full satire. So them kind of laughing and joking while there's mass murder and, and, and terrorism and alien invasions going on. But it's not actually satirical comedy, but, the, but they infuse comedy into it. So it's like whether or not their lack of appreciation for the actual circumstances that are going on and yada yada in that, but also wanting it to be real enough that the audience has a connection to it, where we sit there and we say, God, I hope the good guy wins, otherwise humanity's ruined, and you, your heart races. You know, that, that kind of tug of war that they play with us 
was was difficult, and and they they ultimately navigated themselves pretty well until Endgame, which John and I both shat on during our Endgame during our um, MCU podcast. But I decided this week I wanted to give it another shot because, to be completely honest, this week I thought I was going to do the unthinkable and vote MCU over Harry Potter because I'm watching these Harry Potter movies and I'm like, you know what? They're right. They they totally messed up timelines in, in the Harry Potter movie. They need mm. a miniseries. It's the only way to do this is to redo it as miniseries because there's too many things that they missed. Cho is a much bigger character in the books and the movie. She only like looks at Harry weirdly. I don't even know who the Ravenclaws are. You cannot only watch the movies and not read the books and, and explain to me what a Ravenclaw is. You just can't do it. So the, the it depends. Dave, this is Dave's point. It depends on the book so much that I was like, I'm going to vote for MCU. Shit, I'm doing it. Harry Potter had a good run. They got theme parks. Everybody loves it. Halloween costumes forever. And then I decided to watch Infinity War because I shot on Endgame <laughs> and I went back to rewatch Infinity War. And I was like, for me, Endgame was, was the, the time travel thing really ruined the whole fucking movie for me. They spent half the movie trying to explain how they have to time travel to justify that they may have fucked up leading the audience into how, how does this end? This ends with, it doesn't matter because we'll just go back and fix all the mistakes. And that didn't work for me as a viewer. Yeah, no, okay. That's a good, that's a good half <laughs> buzz, Dave. <laughs> So Dave, what do you think? Because you and I have talked about this many, many times, and it's I, it's I, I've made this point before as well. I think I am in Jeff's camp in terms of I always have so much fun. You guys, just listeners, just to clarify one more time, we were getting down to the nitty gritty here. We love these fucking movies. I'm going to watch all these movies many, many, many more times. This, this, this we're just is trying to figure out which finals. one we think is better right now in our lives. So I know Dave and I have had this conversation before off the air about tone with Marvel, and. I think it's, for Mm -hmm. me, it's just one of those that you love or you hate. I know you love it. So tell me, as a huge fan, why it works for you so well. And what makes it, is that the ingredient that makes these things sustainable for 22 movies? Well, it's... It's really interesting. Like I, the the one thing that has been interesting in this has been seeing what Jeff takes away from it, and he focuses on the destruction and the the people dying and the humanity right. and that sort of thing. Yeah, and the fact that these guys are quipping, and it it's like from my culture that is a that's a thing we do. Like that's how we deal with tragedy and loss, and that's how we deal. Like we introduce levity into the situation. So for me, when they were doing that, it was like that's them dealing with what's going on around them. It's like let's make a smarmy remark and then go kick the shit out of whatever's like right. killing all these people we can't deal with the fact that they're killing these people right now because if we do we're going to be fucked up we're not going to be able to deal like finish it essentially what you're dealing with here is like a lot of these are summer blockbusters um some of them get a little darker than others but i like the, the darker ones better all the information oh yeah all the information is there like the whole character progression of the hulk he has never died before like in in the avengers movie when they first go and pick him up like he says, I put a bullet in my mouth and the other guy pulled it out or the other guy spat it out. And so the Hulk is invincible. The Hulk has never faced death and the Hulk almost gets killed by Thanos. So that's Bruce Banner's Hulk going through PTSD. The Hulk will not come out because he almost got killed and that's never happened to him before. That is not what was on screen at the beginning of Infinity War. Was that, that's oh my I God, the PTSD... The PTSD is getting me, and that's why I'm like, come on, the team is needing me. I'm letting the team well, I down. Got, no, I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. No. Like, but that was one of those things for me where this is, and this is where this is, guys. This is so subjective. Like, I'm, I'm talking to listeners and to the three of us. It's, it's the way you're going to interpret this stuff, and the context you bring into it. I intellectually perceived it the same way. It just didn't really land for me emotionally because of the tone. 
So there are some things like that that I think that's what I, I'm saying. I'm, I, that's what I mean. It's not just the the I think content if there's any, specifically. Any flaw to take away from that is that they left it. They left it too far open to interpretation. Yeah. So everybody took what they what they were take going to take from it. Yeah, but they didn't. They, maybe they need to spell it out more for an audience. I, I don't, don't think it's about. I don't know. I think this is why I I, I don't even like having like. It's such a shame we're going to have to vote on this because it's not about. It's not about bad or good. It's about the individual and if it works for you or not. Clearly, Jesus Christ, clearly these movies work. They're super successful. Everybody loves it. I've watched them all at least three times. I mean, I'm going to watch them again. I have tons of fun. But last week Mm -hmm. when we were talking about the Dark Knight trilogy, and I'm, I'm sorry, Marvel, hardcore MCU fans, but every time I watch Begins and Dark Knight, I it's like I it's like I breathe and release a lot of tension that I'm carrying right now as just an audience member in this superhero, you know, fantastic world we're living in where there's just tons and tons of escapism with the vehicle of superhero movies. And I'm, I'm enjoying them, having fun, whatever. But I miss the sincerity that Chris Nolan brought to them. And I think that I've always struggled a little bit with the Marvel movies, as much fun as I've had, just because sometimes I do catch myself trying to laugh with them and just have fun. And then I look at what's happening around them. And I think Batman, who is also a superhero, it's, it's easier for me to swallow and for me to escape into that world because I know every character in Begins is taking it just as seriously as I am. And I think that might be, it's just a me thing. I'm not saying this is a good, bad, right, wrong objective. Or, yeah. It's just, I don't, every time I watch these Marvel movies, I have to just tell myself, you're just going to sit down and you're just going to have a great fucking time because if this was actually happening to people, it would not be, I don't think it would actually have that tone. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's, that's, that's where I'm at. It's really, it's really interesting know. because uh, like the dark Knight had that tone and then they tried to do it with like the DC universe and everybody went, well, it's, it's not Marvel. It sucks. No, I'm uh, with you, Dave. I'm, but, I'm supportive of DCU in that regard, for sure. Yeah, but the really funny thing, have you been following um, David Ayer's uh, stuff this week about the Suicide Squad possible uh, release, the Ayer cut now no. we're going on? Um, oh, really? Yeah. And, I'm uh, curious. Because apparently curious. Uh, he, his cut of the movie was dark and serious, and then Batman vs. Superman tanked, and then they released Deadpool straight on the back of that. And the uh, studio freaked out and sent it to a trailer editing company to re-edit the film and turned it into a, into a comedy. No, I'm interested because those backstories of those characters was yeah. like there's, 30 there's seconds a, each and just yeah. like glowing. It was, yeah. it was strange. And yeah. it, was, it was cut to hell. Like there's a whole dark, longer version that like apparently they shot almost enough Joker and Harley footage to make an entire another movie. But again, it was like, it was decided. Uh, they had to, yeah. Yeah, we want to be more like Marvel. But I'm getting off topic. Um, <laughs> but it's... In this case, it's a lot of people, I think, again, we're talking about movies, we're talking about escapism. A lot of people really related to the fact that, okay, yes, we can, like, sure, we're destroying a city, but I've come here for escapism. I've come here to escape the harsh reality of what's going on around me, and there is some bad stuff going on around us. And I think that is a great escape for people, and I don't think it should be persecuted. I, no, I, I know what you mean, dude. And I, I almost hate, I hate having no, to say that. No, that's a good point. That's what well put. You're totally well put. right. I mean, I think maybe the only, as a, again, as a, as a film person, again, if we're talking about content and taking in a lot of content and trying to determine what makes a really good franchise, 22 movies is a whole lot. That's a, that's a lot 
of conscious escapism. So I think part of me is much, mm -hmm. I've done it before. I've done it at least once where I was like, all right, I'm just, every night I'm going to watch one of these fuckers and I'm just going to go back to back and I'm going to crush it for 22 nights. I've, I've yeah, done this also. I, still, I had fun. I wasn't like judging myself, but there is something to be said about taking 22 nights of your life to just have fun. And if it doesn't deliver the emotional bang that you're kind of looking for after taking a huge journey, I mean, if all of them are over two hours, but, you know, at the bare minimum, we're talking about, you know, 50 hours of footage, probably. Hmm. I think there is part of me that sometimes wonders, is there too much of a good thing with these Marvel movies? Because they have got a machine that works. And sometimes I'm getting a little nervous that they're so successful with their formula that they have dominated the market and they have created a specific brand of escapism that some I get a little nervous sometimes that it's starting to infect everyone. And that's why everything is turning into some superhero kind of spin because they seem to be the only thing that's working right now. And I think part of the reason is that they're but not isn't, challenging. Isn't that what this whole discussion's about though? Like the rewatchability of these? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But it, well, it, but if it hold on, wait, fast, but if it doesn't challenge you then I, I don't know if it's going to help us grow as a society. And I think, as Peter Jackson would say, since we were just on Lord of the Rings and we're going to come back to it, Peter Jackson is an enormous fan of escapism, but only when it's done really well, because he does believe it can be a vehicle for challenge and for change within a society. It doesn't mean you're leaving society yeah. behind and reality behind. I mean, this, this is a hard, this is a hard discussion, because like, I get the same sense of escapism out of Harry Potter, just I get two extra weeks out of Marvel. So you don't, okay, so yeah. What's funny? So wait, I'm gonna side. Hey, you don't feel like there's any more sincerity. I'm gonna side with Dave you don't a little feel bit. Like there's here, any like, more sincerity with the Harry Potter. No, there Potter? is more. There's more sincerity in Harry Potter. I know what but you mean. There's not tons. There is, but then it's still for kids. But but I, keep going, Jeff. I'm sorry. It's for kids up I'm until side with Dave. the end of the, like end of yeah. four. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna play devil's advocate on myself and come back to to Dave's side of things. I was going into this thinking. Infinity War may, in hindsight, may have actually been the worst movie for me to watch at the beginning because it ends really well with Thanos. And and you know what? We actually had we finally here. I'm in quarantining. Sorry, my mic isn't great. I love my mic in New York City. Yada yada yada. And we had some guests with masks sitting far apart, didn't shake hands, come over, and they they start a new job in August. These two guests, and they said that they've just been rewatching movies, and I was like, oh. So funny. I, I talk about this regularly and they're rewatching the Marvel movies. Now they're only on 15, so they haven't gotten to the Avengers um, Infinity War Endgame. And I said, what are your favorites? And I'm trying to pull something out of them and they didn't have the answers that I wanted. Like, what's your favorite one? I, 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 wanted, I want a list and I didn't get that. But I was like, but you, you've watched 15 of these and you're going to keep going. And they're like, we just, we love movies where the good guys are going to win, but they always win in a different way. And I was like, you know what? That's right, because that that is that is a different element of escapism where you want the action, you want a little bit of fantasy, but you also want a little bit of realism, and you want the good guys to win, but you don't necessarily want it to be easy, but you do want to go to sleep well. And having having said everything I said about the fact that I think the MCU possibly could have still maintained the quality and not asked me to forgive it for certain elements of it. I will say, by far, out of all of the franchises, they figured that ratio out the best. Reality plus fantasy plus, dare I say, sci-fi plus good versus evil 
they figured that out really, really well, and they figured it out a lot. Yeah. And I mean, the, the funny it's for funny, that reason like, to, to throw in sci-fi, like when I went to, I got tickets to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy based on the Hooked on a Feeling trailer. I saw the trailer yeah. and I was like, I'm in. I want to see this this trailer rocks. It is an awesomely edited trailer. And I went and saw it, and I, but I really wasn't expecting much out of it. I'd never really heard of Guardians of the Galaxy and right. that sort of thing. And it blew me. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, me too, me too. I mean, there the is, first one, Jeff, there is no doubt. It is... <laughs> it is... <laughs> no, good call. The second one's not very good. It is undeniably... <laughs> It is undeniably sustainable. <laughs> I mean, we can't, again, with all these metrics we're talking about, folks, we talk about the IP and ticket sales. Like, it is undeniable. This has never been achieved before. It is remarkable that they have been able to make 12 plus years of movies, of 22 well, movies. And they called their shot like Babe Ruth. They said, we're going to do yeah, this. And they did it. They, they did fucking it, did again, it. I've gone back more than once. It's not like I just mm. saw them in the movie and was one of those ticket buyers. Like, I definitely went back multiple times. Yeah. I am also, uh, oh, Dan, what were you talking about? I also wanted to bring up that the good guys winning thing that they, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away. I don't want it to sound like I'm criticizing them on the, the, the tone is not an ultimate criticism on the writing. I am very impressed with what I mentioned in there right. the first time we talked about them. I have always been very impressed with how they have subverted some of the character archetypes that from what I understand were not the archetypes and the same structure of character arcs in the comic books. The way they ended up subverting Captain America and Iron Man. I agree with Jeff. I don't mm -hmm. like what they did with, with, Cap, uh, with Hulk as much, but they were trying to do something there. They tried to do something with Thor. It's and they somehow Thor. wrote Edward Norton out of the movie. That's yeah, pretty cool. The Captain America <laughs> Iron Man stuff is, is extremely impressive. And you're right. They did find the bullseye. Yeah. The bullseye of just trying to make you feel like I know they're going to come out on top. If not, there's another movie where they will right after this. So I don't have to worry. I'm not going to be actually right. anxious mm. in my seat. And yet it's not going to play out the way I thought it would. It's not just good guys swooping in and kicking ass all the time. Ultimately, they will have to do that. But there's probably right. going to be enough obstacles that they're going to have to take another route to get there. And I, they almost consistently do that, especially with the Avengers movies. And I respect that. I will say just... My final criticism, because I am still not sure. I have not made my vote up uh, yet. I don't know about you guys. Me I will neither. say me it neither. bums me out a lot that in, I, my least favorite movie is Endgame. And maybe the Wasp. Me, maybe, me too. maybe the that, Wasp well, one. Like, I don't, it's the, Iron, I don't Man like Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. So I don't even really consider those. But it bums me out that they got so close. And it's fun. They got so close. Because I did like Infinity War, and I feel like they got so close to doing this thing that no one had ever done before, and then I felt like they just completely leaned into crowd service for the last one. They, they, they took a victory. It, it's lap, a business. Yeah. Fuck you. It's a the business. business. Nobody the cares business. about Trump failing Fuck on you, Trump's dude. stakes as the long business, as Trump real estate does really well. The business was working. No, no, it's shut business. up. The Ant-Man was the worth the shot. The business was working the way it was. They did not have to do that, Billions dude. of dollars. They did dollars. not have to do that, and they decided to do that. Billions of dollars. No, I'm, I'm sorry. So that's that's, that's it. it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I can see how it happened though, like because these guys came in and they they did Civil War and like they managed to negotiate like Spider Man's return to the MCU in cooperation with Sony. That was so cool back. with Tony Stark yeah. bringing Spider Man in. That was cool. And, and then they those these guys then proceeded to go from movie to movie, from strength to strength, and they handed them the finale because they like that team. The, like the Russo brothers were the thing. Yeah. Like they were knocking it out of the park yeah. every single time. 
but it was cool. What happened was I think the oversight went away. Yeah. And so there was no one there going, are you sure that's a good idea? Everything that you just said and about what's so cool about it, both of you, with the the uh, the good guys don't know how, um, I feel like they kind of abandoned that with this one. Like it was almost like every superhero cliche was put into the last one that never existed in the others. The beating up, like all of them trying to gang up and fight together against the the villain who defeats them. People literally, an army literally coming out of nowhere to rescue them. Like that, I don't know. They always they 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 wrote themselves out of those traps in most of the other big movies, and they fell right into it with the last one. See, okay, look, this the second um, everybody loves the last one though, except for us. So <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, the second they they got hold of that, and like he got hold of the glove, and like it was like this. It starts with I am Iron Man. It finishes with I am Iron Man. But this from that snap onwards, you're expecting those people. Like to come yeah. out, and that you're expecting that army because you're like everyone who disintegrated is now back, and it, it's for for people who were closely following the story and got invested and waiting for that that moment. It was like okay, they've they've done and it. And that's Where but the, you literally just said, but that's exactly and what I'm was, saying. That was exactly what you expected to happen. And I thought they were so good at, at writing yes. a surprise into the way they wrapped up the other ones that that was the only time I felt like this or, is super predictable. Yeah. And I still had fun, you guys. Don't get me wrong. That was great watching everybody fight. Yeah. But yeah, me too, it me was too. the only moment that I felt I that just, way just, out of the entire Avengers series, at least. Certainly those core Avengers movies. Right. I mean, but, and with, I must say, like, yeah, consistently, sorry. though, Doctor Strange is becoming one of my favorite characters on the, the film version. Because he seems aware of what's going on. Yeah, he, like, and also you know that that one moment where he just takes a pause in the middle of battle and holds up one thing and finger and like gives away that he's in the uh, one in the middle. Yeah, the yeah. gang in big that trouble in little awesome. China. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, this is the one. Like where so is it? cool. Him yeah. and Wong together, like the two of them together. Yeah. So I feel I like mean, I feel is... like those movies are going to be great. And unlike I w- like use him. I also want to say this, unlike. Star Wars, yeah. that everyone who now listens to this podcast know I have a lot of issues with. Unlike that, fuck you, buzz me. Oh, I thought you were about to buzz me. Unlike Star Wars, <laughs> I feel like there are some, I'm not going to call them duds either, because I don't dislike any of the Avengers movies as much as I dislike some of the Star Wars franchise movies. So I wouldn't say they're duds. Like, yeah, there are some there are some that are definitely not very good. But they are Sorry, Mickey Rourke. Almost won an Oscar. Now we know why it's know, good he did it's just, Sorry, John Wayne. None of them are bad enough though to make me frustrated with the franchise. The way Star Wars, some of them are bad enough to make me frustrated with what with what happens to the franchise. Somehow, because of the sustainable thing, this formula we're right. talking about, even though I have all those things I just said, I'll still stand by them. But it never ultimately makes me mad at the franchise. The franchise works. The entire arc worked. They wrapped it up emotionally so that you feel like you feel like they can't go any further with what they've done. There's there is a sense of completion, even though they're about to do the stage two Mm -hmm. thing with some of these characters who are gonna spin off. It's not gonna feel like this. And I don't know, you guys, I can't help but feel that. Out of all of these franchises we've been talking about over the years, they are the only one to do what they've done. I have a feeling that Kevin Feige sat down and pitched this. I think he pitched 
a many, yeah. many, many movie franchise arc that was going to encompass all those core Marvel characters. And it was going to take place at least over a decade, 10, 15, maybe 20 years, yeah. 10 or and 20 they're, movies. They're like, yeah, whatever, 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 little man, go away and do yeah, that. Yeah, and he was fine. like, watch and, uh, this. Hey, and then, yeah, 12, yeah, 12 years later. Unbelievable. <laughs> so question, question, I know. So question, what do you guys think about Harry Potter? Uh, what? You <laughs> haven't said a fucking word about Harry Potter. It's been 30 That's because you talked minutes. about MCU so because I said some for shit fucking about like 20 War. minutes. You started talking about Infinity War. I'm watching my audio yeah. for the past 24 minutes. You have been talking about MCU. You haven't said a fucking thing Dave, about Harry Dave, Potter. Did we you have hear to that? vote now. Yeah, Dave, you and I have been talking about MCU. Was kind of... that, was, that was you and I talking the whole time about Marvel. Okay. Yeah, that was no, no, no. totally We're, we're Jeff, in the 30s. I go off on Jeff, the 20 minute Jeff, give me a recap like, on the six like Harry Potter. Just like Thanos left Captain America in a note explain, or something. Like, explain the entire <laughs> last Harry Potter movie. Just in case if I missed it. Harry Potter. Um, Harry Potter. Um, ha- Harry got very lucky. Didn't buy his books ahead of time, even though apparently he's super wealthy because his parents died at 24 and were millionaires. And he bu- he got handed a book that turned out to be Snape's that told him what to do. And then Dumbledore dies. There's Here's Harry the Potter deal, sense. you guys. Here's the deal. Tell me if you guys because this is what I've been marinating on this entire week. Again, I was not sure. I knew I had a feeling I was going to pick Lord of the Rings. I know we were joking about that. I really wasn't sure what I was going to pick for this one. This is the criticism that I keep going over in my head with the Harry Potters versus the... I've already shared my Marvel criticisms. My Harry Potter criticism is that unlike Lord of the Rings... Wait, say, honestly, stop. Stop. Save it Save it for the next segment because I'm, um, I'm voting for Harry Potter. So if you vote for Harry Potter, we can just talk about it in the next segment. Give people something to look forward to. Am I going to be the deciding <laughs> oh, vote? The vote? Jeff is voting for Harry Potter. And honestly... Honestly, there was a smidgen of me. I went back and forth. I started MCU, then I went Harry Potter, then I went back to MCU, and I went back to Harry Potter. I'm voting for Harry Potter. I'm sticking with MCU. Yep, John, you get to vote. Are you serious? You you can either say goodbye to Harry Potter right this second, or you can talk about Harry Potter in the final segment. And this isn't half of what Dave fucking pulled on us, all right? So that's where I'm at right now. But if you're going to go into Harry Potter rant, I'd really rather get into our stuff from so long. It's like like I'm one of his toys, and I wrote him a note. God damn it, dude. But go oh ahead. Go ahead. Vote for it. Vote. Go ahead. Do whatever the fuck you want. I've said, we, Dave and I have said all we need to say about MCU. Why are you voting for Harry Potter? Help <laughs> me out. Dave and I, 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 mean help. I want to hear why you're voting for Harry Potter over MCU. Because that wasn't clear. I, you just surprised me. I thought you were going to vote for MCU just then. Yeah, me too. No, no, no. I, I, I could rewatch Harry Potter once a year in rewatching about half, eh, maybe a little less, maybe about 10 of the MCU films during this thing. Every single time I see it, for some reason, something about it pulls me away, even though I know they're amazing. And, and what, what I said about the best combination of all this stuff, ultimately, I don't care about the characters as much as I care about Harry, Ron, Hermione. And, and the progression, once you get to 6, 7, and 7 part 2, I mean, it catches its stride. It, it really gets its swing. I kind of want to skip Delumbus, Dolores Umbridge, but Dolores Umbridge does something to me even though I hate her and I hate what she does to the fifth movie when Harry's just pissed and she's the villain. And I'm like, Oh, fuck this. She does. She does something to me that keeps me up at night that nobody in the MCU is even capable of doing to me. Maybe it's the actress. Maybe it's just her, but there is something in the series where the act, the, the characters, like the, the You're moments, voting for the, Harry the, Potter the beings, because of the world. I just, <laughs> is that, is that no, no, no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, she is. Let me, let me, let me be clear. She is my least. She is my least favorite villain, and yet I can't get her out of my fucking mind. There's something about the Harry Potter movies that 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 they 
they they tattoo me. It's like they're it's like I can't escape them. I can't I can't get them out of my no, consciousness. Even though I know they're not as good, even Jeff, though I know the Jeff. books are better, I just can't get it. I'm honestly just on time. Jeff goes to therapy. Oh my God, imagine. No, I'm doing therapy in public. Who needs therapy when you have a podcast every week? <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to do it. But man, I feel so bad. Look, if you vote for MCU, that's totally fine. It's just then you can go in your Harry Voting... Potter rant. Oh my God. Jesus fucking Christ. Who thought this one would be harder than Lord of the Rings versus Mission no Impossible? No way, dude. No way. This one's harder. Also because of the next... I knew season. this was going to be harder. I yeah, knew it. This, this one is definitely harder. They're just harder. so different, you guys. Like I can't... Even, uh, so yeah. I'm just going to tell you where yeah. my head's at, just so everyone can know if whatever decision I make, just so all the all the listeners understand. I probably enjoy Harry Potter. Yeah, we want you to take right, more time. I probably for this. enjoy <laughs> Harry Potter more. If I'm being just personally... And, and that's only that's still that's a fine line, but it feels so wrong not voting for MCU because they've been so innovative with turning franchises into what we think of franchises now. Like they're the first ones to actually successfully do that. No one has ever created that arc with that forethought the way they did that. They're extremely reliable. This is true. In terms of their franchising, like the branding is so good. You're right, Dave. If you see a trailer right. for it, you're probably going to go take a fucking chance on it. Not because it came from a book that you know you love, but because you trust the brand. You trust the franchise. You trust the Great. Team. So we're going to talk about MCU more in the next segment. We're going to talk about more in the MCU in the next segment. So go ahead and say goodbye to Harry Potter. Give us your happy trails. Let's 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 put it in your bowl and smoke some Harry Potter. I don't go think ahead. I am. I think I'm, vo- what do you I have think to say I'm voting Harry for Potter? Harry Potter, dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. Holy shit, that's wait, right this second. I, I thought you were going crazy. That's not I what I think you're I saying. I like Harry Potter more, which is a shame. I just want to, it, this is a subjective thing. I'm going to go for Harry Potter just because I think I enjoy them more, even though it feels wrong, because I have so much respect for what MCU has done with franchises. If everyone can leave me out of the hate mail, okay? Just... <laughs> is it is it because you read the Martin Scorsese essay? Is that why? Sure, yeah. I mean, that's... Part Martin, of it. Martin Scors- I, Scorsese should shut the fuck up. I do up. have some issues with that stuff. I love, I'm going to watch just, MCU just, a million times. Just direct movies and don't talk. Dave, are we really about to get cut off in the next 24 seconds or are we okay? No, no, no. He's no, not, we, we were have, just trying to make you okay, make, a we're trying to make, me make a decision. Yeah, because this second <laughs> section has been 40 minutes. This is this one battle head to head. I know I took 10 of it, but it's been 30 minutes since I well, This ended, was a so tough decision, you guys. guys. I just want, I just, I feel terrible. I, I just wanted to, before you guys made your decisions, I was going to say, I didn't know you were both going to vote so so easily just before we started having that last conversation. You knew Dave I had was going to vote so easily. But I was going to say, I don't really give a shit. I was on the fence I don't really for a little give bit. A shit. Honestly, any of these top four could have won for me and I would have been like, that was really fun. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Let's go watch them all again. No, any of the top three. Mission Impossible. Yeah, that would have been a chance. cool wild card. But no, I, any, anyway, I'd, I'd, I'm ashamed no. that we have to pick between these two. Please don't choose for yourself. Please yeah. make sure you go sit down and watch both of these. They're worth rewatches. I have so much fun. It's only it's only 30 films between the two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm voting for Harry Potter. Jeff's voting. Make your own decision. Dave, I'm so sorry. Dude. All right. That was... Sorry, Dave. No, Dave, I'm sorry. Oh, damn it. God, I feel bad. Can we still go see them together? I want to go watch one together. When we come back, we are going to do our so long segment where we very quickly say goodbye to a whole shitload of franchises that we just cast off into the others. And then we're going to choose our final favorite, greatest, best franchise of all time between the Lord of the Rings saga and the Harry Potter saga. Can I give a last sign off? Wait, break. wait. Is the final goodbye? I am Iron Man. You don't get to do that, you son of a bitch. 
back. God, we're back. We're back. Jeff just ate his microphone that doesn't exist. Sorry, oh, Dave. <laughs> ripped it, dude, to pieces. I'm gonna get. I can't wait to get my microphone back. It's gonna be in a week I or two. I'm going to back to the to city. I got my mask washed. I'm ready to go. I am so excited for this segment. So, for all of our friends who have not been paying attention for our coronavirus franchise face-off, I'll reiterate very quickly. We all decided because we used to have a podcast where we would watch new movies and compare them to old movies. So John, Dave, and I went to the movie theater in New York City during coronavirus in March of 2020 when the spread was very much on. Leave. Side note, I <laughs> side note, I do not have antibodies. That is how well I disinfected my seats. But we went to the movie theater to watch The Invisible Man and The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Nobody saw either movie because quarantine hit. We decided to do this franchise. So what we did was we watched 16 film franchises, almost in their in fucking entirety. I saw so many goddamn movies in this past fucking yeah. <laughs> however many weeks. <laughs> and then we decided to allow our audience to have a voice. I'm going off grid. In which I, case I they never told want to see us, a screen again after this. Oh my god. And then all of our audience said, how do you not have Bond in there? How do you not have Rocky? How do you not have Vacation? How do you not have you pieces of shit? How do you not have... We we had somebody say the Thin Man, and we are like, oh. So anyway, just so everybody knows, we have paid attention to all of the franchises, and the answer that we are going to give very, very soon as to which is the greatest or best film franchise of all time, we have earned the right to crown this champion. It is still somewhat subjective, but it has been fought for with, ble- with blurry eyes and many, many nights where we forced our partners to watch films that they did not want to watch. But now it is time for one of our most fun segments we have ever done on this podcast, <laughs> which is a so long segment where we, in one sentence, say so long to film franchises that we have spent literally hours and hours rewatching for this fucking podcast. Dave, cue the music. Let us go. So long, Bond, Indiana Jones, and Rocky. You weren't even on our list, and people were really fucking pissed about it. They were wrong and will always be wrong. So long, DCU, you... Wait, this wasn't even there, Jeff, you fuck? (laughs) Anyway, I look forward to seeing the movies you were supposed to have in you when they released the Snyder and Aya cuts. And thank you for making Aquaman cool again. So long, Vacation Franchise, you wildcard bastard that my co-hosts Jeff and Dave supposedly loved so much but voted, voted out fucking immediately. May your franchise's reputation hold up better than your leading man's temper, career, and general approach to relationships. So long, the Cornetto Trilogy. You Brits never stood a chance as our 16th seed against the Lord of the Rings. And Americans have no idea who or what you are. But at least (laughs) you can heal your wounds from zombie, local civilian vigilante, and robotic alien attacks with your national socialized healthcare and love of Simon Pegg, a.k.a. Benji from the Mission Impossible (laughs) franchise. Benji! Benji! So long, Austin Powers, our 15 seed. What can I say? You gifted us with spectacular opening dance numbers and took the entire spy move <laughs> jo- movie genre to task with the same six jokes over and over. <laughs> yeah, and baby! Over. <laughs> so long, the Fast and the Furious franchise. Despite your teachings about family, my podcast brothers tossed you from our franchise finals like a ragtag bunch of cars and characters from the cargo hold of a special ops government plane, only this time without awesome GPS control parachutes. 
quarter mile at a time, motherfuckers. That was cool. So long, John Wick, our 13 seed. I voted for you over Toy Story. Dave voted for you and Toy Story, and he fucked up our whole bracket. <laughs> the keanu Sans is real. We at the pod prescribe you, Keanu Reeves, ice rest and a few blood transfusions and chicken soup before number four comes out in 2021, where we look forward to you defying everything we have ever learned about pain management. So long, this Star Trek cinema franchise. You showed us a world where Cavalier captains shoot first and bang every alien they can find, <laughs> where genetically augmented super soldiers can't think in three dimensions. <laughs> then you got cool and funny and became awesomely action-packed for about eight movies. You also introduced us to the concept of that which shall not be named way before Harry Potter made it cool by releasing Star Trek Nemesis. P.S. No more motorbikes, okay? <laughs> so long, diehard. Somehow, John McClane survived a plethora of explosions, countless clips of machine gun fire, and genius German mercenary brothers, R.I.P. Allen. And yet, it is here where he will finally and truly meet his end at the hands of three drunk dicks who wish they were John motherfucking McClane! Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. So long, the Terminator franchise, our original 10 seed. We thought you'd make a bigger dent in this bracket because we hadn't rewatched Terminator 3 in a while. Or Salvation. Or Genesis. Dark Fate was cool, but it was way too fucking late. Time for you to hasta la vista yourself back to the 80s where liquid metal and conflicting timelines were cool and Arnold showed cock. Cock! He showed cock! I can't follow cock. Dave, you're up! <laughs> so, so, oh. so long, you bastard. So long, Mission Impossible. You gave us a rich world where people have to look up your names to remember them. Oh. And everyone except the little guy is as disposable as my mama's sushi chopsticks. Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> so long, Jurassic Park, our eight seed. You had me at the ripple in the cup. And though we've had tons of fun celebrating your imaginary death-filled theme parks, you've somehow lost your magic along the way <laughs> and instead seem to have taken on the intentions of a scared, money-grubbing lawyer hiding on a toilet like a little bitch right before being devoured by a T-Rex <laughs> of constructive criticism. Please, please get good again. Jurassic Park in the U.S., two things that opened way too soon before they were ready. <laughs> so long, the dark night. From snub to quarterfinalist seven seed, your first two movies are fucking awesome. Well, your first one and three quarters movies and final one quarter oh, movies yeah, are so yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We've had three <laughs> Jokers in 12 years, all because of you. If only you could force every person of consequence to take their Rachels into the sewers of your heart before rewatching The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> So long, Back to the Future. I've carried your story with me for a long portion of my life, and your notion of time travel and all the hidden surprises were a constant delight. I live with a chalkboard in my living room just because of you. But now you've probably gone back and erased those of us that voted you out, making you the number one franchise, so congratulations <laughs> on your win. <laughs> so long, Toy Story. Your coming-of-age antics, your nostalgic wit, and your dramatic accuracy will live on forever in our hearts and minds. But probably not on our TV screens. However, I will be forever grateful oh. to you for driving our co-host, Jeff, absolutely fucking mad. He fucking loathes your premise. He fucking hates it. The toy wrote a note to a human. So long. <laughs> okay, okay, move on, So, so long, Star Wars. Jeff, let it go. So long, Star Wars, <laughs> our original three seed. Some people think our entire list is bullshit since you won't win. 
Remind those fools, J.J. Abrams tried to make you forget Episode 8 ever existed. Way to stick the landing, Jedis. International it was in Episode 8? Interna <laughs> International fans fully gave up on you to the extent that Frozen 2 out-earned each of the final two Star Wars films. Wow. We side with Olaf, who gave the franchise zero spends. <laughs> so long, the Godfather trilogy. You... You know what? Fuck the Godfather trilogy. There, no, I said right. it. Fuck you, Dave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. Fuck him right in the ear. Oh, my God. So long, MCU. I feel like such an asshole for not passing you out of the finals, but you made $20 billion at the box office, including four of the top 10 highest grossing films. Now you can get back to what you're best at, pretending Disney is for adults since they can drink at Epcop. That's it. <laughs> Da, 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 da. Guys, that was that was sad. Saying goodbye to all ready? these wonderful, wonderful franchises. I know. R.I.P. Uh -huh. Are you ready to go to the finals? Hell yeah! Oh fuck yeah! Let's fucking do it, dude. Save any fucking, final, yeah, this is save it, any baby. final thoughts. Oh no, I think we've said enough. Uh, yeah, let's let's get on to the right. finals. Lord of I the wanna Rings. I want to say real fast. This was Harry this Potter. was what I tried to. I wanted to manifest this the entire fucking time, dude. I was just. I wanted it to come down to Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter this whole fucking. Time. But Harry Potter was our sixth seed. You didn't speak up, but we made it our sixth seed. Dude, I'm just happy we didn't do Star Trek versus Star Wars because I did not want to. They engage really in did not want Star Trek versus <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. We basically also, just chose the John other one. We basically just chose the fantasy version as opposed to the 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 sci-fi yeah, version. Really like, we really did. Yeah, Lord right. Rings versus Harry but Potter. Come on. Too many yeah. cloaks, too many hoods. <laughs> to our fans that like Rocky and Bond, though, like there's no way that MCU is not the next one out, right? It's like it's Lord of the Rings, yeah. Harry Potter, MCU. And then there's like a little bit of wiggle room, but there's there, there's there's a gap before you get to the Bond and Rocky and and all those other series that everybody else talks about, right? Like we, we I don't did know. the right I have thing to watch here. all those other Rockies to judge it properly. No, just watch Rocky Five and you know you're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Watch Rocky Three and go. Oh, oh, you, no, you're right. Creed is cool, yeah. but come on. Okay, so here we are. This is it. I mean, look, there's a lot of podcasts out there about how awesome the Lord of the Rings are, are is are. There's a lot about Harry Potter out there, including theme parks. We're gonna try really hard to not talk about the books. We're talking just and the, they're all coming for us after this. You know what the worst part about this is? There's no fucking way that Harry Potter, specifically J.K. Rowling, didn't learn all the tricks from J.K. from um sorry from the Lord of the Rings books and, and movies there's there's just no way the books came out the, the first technically the first movie the sorcerer's stone think, i think the, came out this i think the movies made the movies made it their own i think that like i sure, hope so, I hope so Dave. from lord of the rings i hope so but i'm pretty sure the movies as far as like they took from the story and as far as the actual movie filmmaking techniques i'm pretty sure they made their own but to be fair they started with the same year by the way this is this is very important harry potter won the Sorcerer's Stone, or the Philosopher's Stone, if you're from a very specific part of the world known as England, which apparently has mattered a lot to history, even though you're in the fog in the north. But, okay. 2001. We love you, England. The, 2001, Lord of the Rings number one. The, um, the... The Fellowship of the Ring. The Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. And the first Harry Potter movie the Sorcerer's Stone, 2001. They both came out the same year. 
Now, Harry Potter, I talked about a lot in the Harry Potter series. Christopher Columbus directed, who, by the way, directed uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. He directed both Home Alone. So he knows how to make a kid, fun, adventure movie. And obviously he had grown a lot by then, too. But Lord of the Rings was going for something more, something that had never been done before. Harry Potter grew into that. The depth, the darkness, the the the... I mean, they almost fired Daniel Radcliffe for growing up too fast because the movies couldn't keep up with the fact that all of a sudden they looked 20, but they were supposed to be 13. So there's so fucking much going on, on in the Harry... There's Daniel so much Radcliffe going on in these look, movies. He still doesn't look 20 years old. No, he's short. <laughs> he, he's short, but... Okay, Ron, fine. In the fourth movie, Ron is 6'4", all right? And he's supposed to be 13. What was their alternative? No, 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 I know, I know, I know. No, the alternative is Lord of the Rings, which just did it all in sequence. I mean... I mean, in it part two, they de-aged the kids digitally, but they didn't have the technology then. So we know, shit. Dave. Oh, we oh. know. But here we are. We're talking about the best franchises of all time. So my my real question that I'm asking here is, does Harry Potter cut too many corners? Because Lord of the Rings went for it off the bat. And in going for it, they missed what Harry Potter was able to do, which is self-correct along the way, which is right around four, five, six, Harry Potter went, we want it to be darker. We want it to be more grown up. Even though Harry can't do good magic, he cannot. Harry cannot do good magic by the age of four. Voldemort can literally, like, look at Harry and all of a sudden flames and ghosts and mist happen. And Harry can say Expelliarmus. Oh, and he can do a Patronus charm. But they decided, they were like, we want the themes to be deep. Lord of the Rings had it all laid out ahead of time, so they couldn't self-correct. So the question here, in looking at these two franchises, knowing very well that Harry Potter derives much of its plot much of its characters dumbledore come on dumbledore is gandalf right harry is frodo it it derives much of its content mm. from the lord of the rings did harry potter rise to the occasion did it self-correct in such a way that at this pinnacle time of technology and filmmaking did it supersede what lord of the rings did before it even fucking started which is their one goal was beginning to end best adventure story of all time on screen Dave and John, that's the question I asked for you. Proceed. I mean, the thing to take into consideration is by the time Harry Potter had hit the ground running, Lord of the Rings was done. Mm. Yeah, okay. They so, told their story. Right. We, yeah, that's, that's, that's like, my point. So They didn't need the three-movie warm-up. Yeah. But they might have because the first two Harry Potter movies may or may not be two of the three least, you know, Successful he's saying Lord of the critical Rings. movies. He's saying, he's saying Lord of the Rings didn't need three movies to warm up. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings just came in, did their three movies, done. Yeah. No. Harry Potter did Harry Potter, Harry Potter 2, Harry Potter 3. They started to like find their footing a little. And then when they hit four, they went dark. And right. from my opinion, that was that was where they really swung into it. But again, you're they're at the mercy of the books as well. So they're also at the mercy of their source material. Mm-hmm. But, but we have to put the source material to the side. That's the challenge we've I don't, given no, ourselves. No, no, I don't think... I don't know if that's... I feel like we have to include that a little bit because I think we've already we've already complained about it in multiple episodes now. The There is some stuff that is left out of the adaptations, the film adaptations of Harry Potter it's from the books. And you don't get that same sensation of confusion if you haven't watched, um, if you haven't read the Harry Potter books as if you haven't read the Lord of the Rings books. 
I, I do, don't get me wrong. I do remember walking out of the theatrical version of Lord of the Rings when I had not read the books yet and knowing that there were things that I didn't have all the details on. I, I, could, I had that sense. It wasn't like the, the extended versions definitely are much more truthful adaptations of the books. But I think the theatrical cuts, even if you're only watching those of Lord of the Rings, are better adaptations. They satisfy a little bit more of that enigmatic... Uh, kind of macro thematic storytelling stuff that Tolkien was trying to get at. They don't sacrifice any of that. Whereas I feel like Harry Potter, because it's so rooted in mystery, there's so much mystery in the storytelling that if you don't have all the details, you feel a little left out. And I remember, I know I said this on our first Harry Potter episode, but I remember seeing them with my friends and family members when they were coming out before I'd read the books, and I did feel left out, not in a fun way. And I still enjoyed the movies, but I remember thinking, there's no way you can enjoy these as much if you have not read the books. And I got obsessed with The Lord of the Rings, theatrical and extended versions, before I read the book. So I feel like there's something, in terms of adapting a really well-known, iconic series, I still feel like there's no question. I think Lord of the Rings did it better. And to what you said initially about the... uh, could they? Did they need to self-correct? The answer is no. They didn't need to self-correct because they made good movies from the beginning. They knew what they were doing. It was cohesive. It was one of a kind. Let's put it this way. Let me ask you guys this. This is a fun little hypothesis or a fun little uh, like theoretical question. Do you think they will ever remake the Lord of the Rings series? They are. They're, literally, they they're literally remaking them next year. No, they're, no, not. they're not. No, that's, they're not, that's dude. Dealing with the, that's dealing with the age of man. It's not yeah, dealing with the Lord of the Rings. that's not the series at all. That is not my, the series. My answer, massive, my answer is yes. It's a massive hundreds of year prequel. My answer is yes, and they're going to remake the Harry Potters too. But 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 Amazon is going to. They bought they bought the Lord of the Rings catalog for so much money, and they're going to start with the age of man, but they're, they're going to end up remaking the Lord of the Rings for sure. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think they will. All right, well, you just destroyed my... That's for Amazon. analogy there i was gonna say that i feel <laughs> like a preemptive i was gonna say the opposite i was gonna say i feel like i could see them eventually remaking harry potter because of the point you made jeff that you kind of need the miniseries like they they shortchanged themselves with the way that they made those movies every single person who is a huge harry potter fan wishes the movies were a little bit longer and had all the details in them and i don't think uh i don't think anyone who it doesn't matter whether or not you've seen Lord of the Rings. I don't think anyone who watches those extended versions especially has ever seen um has ever seen movies that include that much story in them. And yet the pacing is compelling enough that you don't feel like you're watching something that's way too long. It's extremely rewatchable. And as Dave said, from the first time you see it, I still think it is the pinnacle of fantasy secondary world storytelling. I don't think anyone has ever come close to building that kind of world. Game of Thrones was so close, but then it, it failed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. I'm just going to say that. It's so close. Yeah, I can't wait for the book to come out so we get all the backstory of well, what happened I, at the end. Season. I might agree with you, Jeff, but it's not a movie. So it's not the same medium. So that's not fair. Yeah. True. Yeah. We could only compare it's, one it, season we, we, of Game of Thrones we did agree, to all of we Lord did of the Rings. Yeah. We did agree to shit on Game of Thrones at least once every every episode, yeah, though. Fuck so, the ending yeah. of Game of Thrones. Can we all at least say that? <laughs> <laughs> but it, we all drink because we're, we're all thinking. But it. it was close in that world building. My, my my question to you is because Harry had to cut corners in order to get the books into movies, obviously, and because Lord of the Rings 
had to cut corners in order to get books into movies, even though it did a better job of it, I would say, especially in three books to get into a full franchise versus Harry had eight movies to get that full beginning to end Harry narrative into one franchise is the only answer. If, if I mean, is it like Lord of the Rings versus series is the only way to top Lord of the Rings series that would obviously make Lord of the Rings the obvious answer. And the only way that Harry Potter could ever top Lord of the Rings is if they both moved into series formats and we were able to get into the format. I suppose that is an argument for a different time, but for this particular it's moment, an argument for a different time. We are dealing with no, the no, movies. No, 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 that I, have I know, made. but 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 we're at this point now where we we're now talking about these movies for the fourth time each because we're in the finals. We did regular, and then we did the round of eight, and the round of four, and then the round of one. So we've now talked about these movies four times. Is Lord of the Rings that good, or are there some seams in the cracks? Because Harry Potter obviously has some things that they skipped over, but maybe they skipped over them for the, all the right reasons. I, I really there are definitely some seams in the cracks. Dave, talk about it. Say what you um, want to say about these two movies. I mean, Lord of the Rings drew a lot of uh, criticism for skipping over the whole Barrow White sequence uh, and a lot of other things in the in like the beginning of the of the book that begins the journey. But again, I understand why that decision was made. Because the Barrow White sequence doesn't really advance the story; it's just an experience that this character has. You, it doesn't advance the story as a whole, and that's one of the, the like the pinnacles of screenwriting, where you go through every single scene. And if like if you, none of your characters have like a plus or minus at the end of that scene, then that scene is superfluous and can go. Yeah. So like if they haven't advanced, like if they haven't grown, or if they haven't lost something, or if there hasn't some been some conflict and or set up or a resolution, then there's no point in that scene being in your screenplay. Yeah. And I feel like that's what happened to a lot of the the stuff that like happened in Lord of the Rings that got taken out. I feel like when he did crop, he cropped well. Um my issue with Lord of the Rings is uh, like on rewatchability, you really get the chance to pick apart some of the like the effects and stuff like that. And it, it's obvious that some of them were outsourced not to Weta to like companies that were like at the point the budget was running thin and like they outsourced this this keying shot to someone else and it you know it's, it doesn't look quite right. But again, does it get in it's the way? A thing where you've it's not overly distracting. It's just like it's noticeable on like your eight three watch. In, the, yeah. in just I mean, the first way about like Star Wars so, though, like early Star Wars, kind of in a similar way. Like, forgive it, don't you, Jeff? What the fuck is wrong so with much. your that's, camera? That's, that's twice Jeff's got drunk and fallen over in this <laughs> podcast. Stop pre gaming. Falling all over the place, Jeff. Fix your camera, <laughs> Jeff. Oh, it's my iPad, not my camera. My iPad is safe. I'm going to be able to go on with my life. Thank you so much for being concerned. I know what you mean. There, oh, I mean, did you mistake that for concern? Fuck that. Can we say that? Don't you think we can? Isn't that? I guess the thing I'm uncomfortable about saying that for criticism is that that is that is an inherent criticism about any movie that has come out in the past. Is that some effects are not going to? They're going to be a little distracting. Isn't that just the nature of a movie come out coming out in the past? It it is, although I like there's not a lot of things I can fault effects wise and like shot wise in Harry Potter. Mm. Even the car flying the car and getting is... in the tree and shit, that tree looks pretty 
not so that looks no. pretty cgi when that tree that, catches it that worked two. that worked for me i mean it's a moving tree it's a movie tree yeah it's it's it, it worked the whole lot of that worked for me all right well then how about is that because there's like a whimsical element to harry potter that kind of forgives the heightened realism of oh there's an harry absolute potter? fantasy element yeah all right so then for me it comes down to this it's kind of i don't know i feel kind of lame saying i still love harry harry potter's fun you guys but we are talking about storytelling, and for me, there's, it doesn't compare. I think Harry Potter, like you said, it takes so much influence. It's not her fault. It's not like she was trying to copy him, but he had so much impact on the creation of this genre, and I still think it holds up. I think Lord of the Rings is a better story. I think he introduces more obstacles to his characters. I think there, is more, there are more themes to be lifted. It's more malleable in the eyes of the reader. I think she shortchanged herself in a lot of the things that she did for Harry along the way. And she pipelined him into a very specific path that is still compelling and still really fun. I just don't think there's as much opportunity for complicated storytelling. I don't know if that's because she was writing she it. She wrote it for the books. She children books. growing up. She wrote it for the books. But I, sure. But I mean, she could have done... Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I feel like the Lord of the Rings no. story is better. I'm. I'm with you. So, she wrote the books right. in such a way that it didn't matter that they did no magic by the end of the movies. There's no way he beats Voldemort at the end of the movies. There's no way that he can move shit with his mind. And in the books, maybe you can yada yada that and say he can expel the armus or stupefy Voldemort at the end. But this is a guy who literally brought himself back to life because he split his soul in seven. And Harry knows how to do a Patronus charm. You know what I mean? It's like, so in the, in, no, it's, it's, it is, it is the truth of Harry Potter. So forgiving all of the other steps along the way that the books, Elfish Welfare, the way that they, they heighten characters to make up for the fact that like, for instance, Dobby gives Harry Gillyweed in the fourth movie, in the fourth book. In the movie, they make it Neville just to make Neville more important. Neville's the herbology nerd now, and, and they're growing Neville's character in the movies. That is a fine film adjustment. That is like, Okay, I'm with you. It's this. It's back to Game of Thrones. It's like also, okay, sure. Yes. It's like that. That that yeah. totally works. You can make you can sh make the shortcuts have value in the long run. But you have to follow through. And in the end, if they don't understand dark magic, then the way that Harry, then, then McGonagall has to defeat Voldemort, or Snape has to defeat oh, yeah. Voldemort, or you know what I mean. It's like they they, they yeah. can't so we, shortcut we've that gone. We've gone way long, so we're all going to have to make a decision here. Oh, no, wait, I'm no, a, let me say so one more thing. This is, this is what you're talking about, though. I feel like this is, why, this is why Tolkien is a better storyteller. And I heard myself just say that. But come on, she's in good fucking company here. I'm comparing her to J.R. Tolkien. That's, that's pretty fucking huge. We're in the finals. We're in the At finals. the end of each book of Harry Potter, everything's okay, for sure. So you have that sense that everything's going to be okay. And then guess what? Gryffindor gets the fucking house cup every fucking year. He just yeah. like says in like, the oh, they get 50 the more points. Tolkien understood. <laughs> and there's a line in the movie that I don't think is in the books when um, it's Pippin, right? Pippin and, and um, Mary. Mary? No, it's Pippin and Gandalf when they're talking about, is this the end? And that they're oh. at the, um, the Minas Tirith. And he says, oh, this is not an end. You know, and uh, the far green country and everything. But before that, before the war starts, Pippin's scared to go into battle. And he says, is there any hope, Gandalf? And Gandalf says, there was never much hope, only a fool's hope. 
Yeah. And the sense you get at the end of number one and number two, and even number three, that's how good it is. It still comes at the end of the whole story, is that the only way this will ever be completed is by faith in each other. Not because the author is going to make you feel safe at the end of each book. You feel more and more hopeless with the facts at the end of each of those Lord of the Rings movies. And it requires you, the audience member, to want to come back. So when Aragorn finally says, for Frodo, and they finally charge, having no idea if Frodo is still alive, it's the epitome of that kind of storytelling. J.K. doesn't consistently achieve that. There are moments where you feel hopeless in Harry Potter, and you really do feel like he's so alone, and the kids are alone. But I don't know. I think Lord of the Rings nails that, and that's why he's the master. And it really comes down to story for me. I think Lord of the Rings is just a better story, and they're better made movies. I think it really comes down to that we didn't include The Hobbit in this series, because Lord of the Rings is a perfect trilogy. Please watch all three extended editions in sequence. I suggest one per night. Say you have three days in a row where you have some time. Watch all three in a row. They are the best sequential fantasy storytelling of all time by far. It is an incredible franchise. The Hobbit tried to copycat it. They they sort of are a different franchise, but I mean, it all comes back to the same legacy. J.R.R. Tolkien. It's source material, though, isn't it? That's why the Hobbit's right is good. But they source did it. Sounds good. No, but they did it. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, but they did right? it. They did. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen the extended of the Hobbit yet. So it's why it's me, why it's just how we can probably we, watch that this week. We keep joking about the Fantastic Beasts. It's the same shit. The source material is just not as fucking good. There's no way those movies could yeah, be but, as but, good. Because... But but this is a film podcast, and the films of the Lord of the Rings are the best for sure. There's only three. It just requires about eleven hours of viewing. Dave, final thoughts. But we got to wrap this up. But Dave, we'll bring it home. So we're going Lord of the Rings? I'm going Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's two. I'm going Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the Rings for the win. God damn it. It took us us 12 weeks to say what we already knew. Thank you, Peter Jackson. Thank you, Andy Circus. Thank you, everyone involved in that film. Andy Circus, I can't believe he can still talk after I mean, it gave us it gave us Andy. Like he he is the epitome now of motion capture technology and now has also moved on to being a phenomenal actor and director. He is the godfather of mocap. And also, by the way, the Jungle Book movie he made was fucking awesome. Good job, Andy. Yeah. It was fun. That was yeah. really cool. Um, guys, Lord out. of the Rings. So This was intense. That was this. How do you guys feel? This was, this was it. We just did, I think, let me just, I just Ooh. did the math and I think I totaled it up to, I'm pretty sure... How many did we just watch? 101 movies? I think we just watched 101 movies. I mean, we have seen time. them all. I didn't rewatch all of them. I've, I've wasted my life. Yeah. How many Terminator movies are there? That was the other one I wasn't positive about. There's six. Six. Two. Two. That's what I thought. There's no, I three thought and there's Genesis. And then there, there's Genesis and there's Salvation. I know what they are. There's Salvation and Genesis and then whatever the 2019 one was. Oh, shit. Six. There's okay. six Terminator movies. There's a lot of movies. Right, there's six minus five. All right, then we did no, ninety-six movies. Guys, ninety-six movies. Dave, wow. how? What? Are, wow. So our original format was talking about contemporary movies, comparing them to movies of the film catalog, and then by the time we were drunk, we would talk about a movie that needed some love. For example, our first movie yes. with cats. It was really fucking hard for us, Dave. That was I got so no actually I didn't get drunk you got drunk I got one. really drunk hey, there I are got new a criticism movies. we got to, we got, we got Jeff, to hell by I got smashed Jeff did you watch Cats again finished. this past week I didn't we made it like thirty I told everybody and I said I'm telling you it's not even why did you do, yeah you did it did you you watched Cats again this week 
we were with cats. So we were watching the movie with pet cats watching cats. You've now seen cats more than me, and I came out like approving. It's not even funny bad. Like honestly, like we did a good podcast about it. It was funny, but like the movie itself, it's not even funny bad. It, It was, it was. By the time they eat the cockroaches, like, I almost ate a cockroach. You know what I mean? Like, it was so bad. Um, yeah. So we are going to, because there's no new movies coming out yet in the coronavirus age, but we're going to take one movie and compare it to a movie with the film catalog, then do a film franchise, sorry, then do a redemption movie. So that is three movies we're going to discuss next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the entire coronavirus franchise face-off. Dave. This has been fun. Dave, what are we going to do for this the new movie? There's no new movies coming out, so what are we going to do? Well, we're going to activate a time machine. Oh, interesting. Back to the Future, Great, Avengers, what went, Terminator. Yes, yes. The one movie I didn't shit on during our uh, memorial scene. <laughs> no, you sequence. didn't vote for uh, it. Yeah, we... Fuck. And uh, I did, uh, but it just, in the end, no. Um, but what we've done is uh, I've got a random number generator here. Yeah. And we're going to generate a random year. And we're going to pick a movie that was in the cinema at that year because we can't go to the cinema right now yeah. till they that, reopen. That so let's go to anybody, let's go back in time. A random. We're going to do it of. We're going to do it within the month, right? Yes. Yeah. The month of any year. The year which which is yeah. Two thousand six. So let's read off. So some of the movies, some of the movies that came out in June two thousand six are. Cars. Okay. Good. Hey, good. interesting Tokyo. franchise we didn't talk about. Yep. Yeah. Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. We talked about Nacho that. Nacho Libre. We did talk, talk- We sort of Nacho talked Libre's about Nacho Libre is funny. Nacho Libre. Oh. Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Okay. Uh, Waist Deep. We did click. Yeah. Superman uh-huh. Returns. Yeah. The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, no. An Inconvenient Truth. And no, The Puppy no, no. Chair. So those are those are a good and, amount of the movies. Oh, the, the Omen, the Omen remake came out too. The that Omen, year. don't forget about the, the Omen, Omen remake. It tried to be a shot for shot, but it wasn't or, a shot for shot. Or, or do forget about the Omen original, remake. Yeah, they, yeah the original Omen was really great. Um, I vote okay, so for. Now, yeah, we're gonna vote in front of you guys. We're gonna vote live each week. We're gonna pick the number and then vote for the movie. Okay, I vote for either Cars, Click, or. I'm missing one. There's something I'm missing. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. You guys, what do you think? You're missing Superman Returns. That's what you're missing. I'm missing that one. You're right. You're Correct. I'm missing Returns. that one. John? Um, I'm going to vote for... Motherfucker. I'm actually going to vote for The Devil Wears Prada. Wow. Dave? Hmm. Devil Wears Prada's fine. You know, you know what? Let's do Devil Wears Prada. Fuck yeah, Devil Wears Prada. This is so awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. Really I feel good, like we can really throw we can throw in a was it really that bad for Superman Returns? Hell yeah, I'm down for that. Superman <laughs> when Returns. When he catches the airplane, it's pretty cool. But that's it. That's that's it. Right. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. This wow. fun. Just one last <laughs> call to action. Here. Everybody, get out there and watch those fucking movies. All those franchises are great. I had a wonderful time. I don't oh, regret it. Awesome. Oh, we had an awesome time with them. We really did. We had fun. Yeah, there was like three that were bad. So just like it's, it's good odds. So many had some good movies and franchise fucked them up, so it's not our fault. I'm looking forward to next week. That was a fun era. That just happened. We're on a franchise face off. Thank you all so much for listening. Everybody stay safe out there. 